From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about how the six pillars of intimacy can be a tool in your marriage toolbox when it comes to parenting your children. There's a quote from Ann Landers that says, it's not what you do for your child, but what you have taught them to do for themselves that will make them successful human beings. And as we're talking about the six pillars of intimacy as a, a tool when it comes to parenting your children, I think this is really, this quote really gets to the heart of it. Mm-hmm. What are you teaching your kids to do for themselves that will make them a successful human being? And that's what we're going to be focusing on in today's show. But first, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is really an opportunity for us to, to give you guys that virtual high five to say mm-hmm. you're doing an incredible job when it comes to making your marriage extraordinary. And this hug comes from an email that we received that starts with, I really wanted to thank you both for what you do. My husband and I are beyond grateful. I came across your podcast through listening to another podcast, The Shalene Show. I immediately became hooked and began listening to your podcast from the beginning. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We always say this when somebody says they started at the beginning, just give us a lot of grace. It's been 12 years since we got behind the microphones. We've grown up a lot in the 12 years and you know, just give grace if you're listening to those old shows. Uh, She goes on to say, I expressed to my husband how fantastic it is. And he began listening with me. We are currently reading the six pillars of intimacy together, which has been an incredible experience for us. Our marriage of nine years has strengthened more than we thought possible. Mm. My husband and I have always had a great marriage, but we are now intentional about creating an extraordinary marriage. Yes. We are having so much fun, so much sex, and so many amazing conversations. Thank you for guiding us to the next level. We have no intention of stopping. Love you guys. Keep up the amazing work. Right on. I love it. It's amazing. I love it. It's amazing how, how... easy it can become to achieve extraordinary when you get intentional mm-hmm. right those two things go hand in hand and you know as we're jumping into today's show we're talking about you know the six pillars of intimacy as a tool you know you use it as a tool in your marriage but it's a tool that can then transfer over to your parenting mm-hmm. and often we get asked you know hey you guys where do the show ideas come from and you know sometimes it's an email that comes in or it's a coaching conversation that I have or, or a situation that Tony and I are dealing with in our own marriage. And, you know, <laughs> I was talking to another coach uh, a couple of days ago and she's in a different niche, but I was saying, you know, just one of those things where like virtually everything that we go through for Tony and I can become that teachable moment. We're always like, okay, well, how's this going to go onto the podcast? She's a, a coach for moms. And I'm like, yeah, you're a mom, everything that you do. Right. And it was funny that I had that conversation with her. And then and, that- and, and I will say though, from a marriage standpoint, sometimes I can be a pain. Like I, oh, I absolutely love what we get to do. Like one extraordinary marriage is our calling. What we get to do and pour into you guys and how we get to share about having an extraordinary marriage with the six pillars of intimacy is amazing. And yet there are definitely times from a marriage standpoint, I'm just saying, I'm going to just get open, honest and transparent with you guys. From a marriage standpoint, it's like, uh-huh, I just want to have sex with you right now. Well, I'm not saying that having okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna digress if we go down that rabbit hole. Let's bring it back to today's show. Bring it back. So I had that conversation talking about how, you know, virtually everything we experience can become 
can become material that we can then mm-hmm. translate to you guys. And, and then that night, our daughter and I go out to dinner and you know, she's, she's 16. So here's the deal. She has her driver's license. She's a varsity athlete. She has a lot of friends and we don't see her that often. Not anymore. <laughs> now that once she got her driver's license, it was like, well, that, see you later, you guys. That whole combination Peace of out. driver's license and sports season, because she's a spring athlete. And so we had this rare night where it was just going to be her and I. Tony was at a men's conference, and I I reached out to her to see if I could get on her schedule, right? And so she was able to pencil me in. It was quite a chance for me to feel really important. And we're sitting there having dinner, <laughs> and I'm just getting caught up with everything that's going on with friends, you know, girls Mm -hmm. that she goes to high school with. And I'm hearing about all the drama with, you know, boyfriends and, and who's kissing who and all this kind of stuff. And then she was telling me about this other friend who has been seeing her, her boyfriend for about a year now. Okay. And, you know, she's just telling me about this relationship and she, somehow we were talking about fights because, you know, when you're in high school and you have a fight with your boyfriend that can easily get spread to the entire school or Mm -hmm. at least the entire grade, your friend group, it just like, it almost explodes like a mushroom cloud. Right. And this friend was telling our daughter, she's like, I don't actually tell people when my boyfriend and I have a fight. She goes, cause I know most of the time it's a miscommunication that we're going to work out ourselves. And she goes, I also don't even really tell my parents because I don't want them to think poorly of him. If it's just something that he and I need to work through. I'm not going to lie. I took this huge deep breath and I said, please spend more time with this friend. Um, because first of all, her parents are amazing because you don't just catch that kind of stuff. You're actually taught those types of principles. But more importantly, you know, you get into this place where you're like, wait a minute, she's actually figured something out about relationships. And she's figured it out as a 16 year old in that not everyone needs to know your business when there's conflict. And that, you know, even just that relationship with her parents, no, she's, she's this great young woman. Clearly, if there was something big, she would tell her parents. So like, Don't everybody get all freaked out on me. But getting into this, what I realized as I was sitting across the table having sushi with our daughter was that the principles behind the framework of the six pillars of intimacy really is a tool for each and every one of us to actually do parenting better, to really get into this place where we can change. We have the power. We have the understanding on how to help our kids better understand how to do relationships, how they're going to show up based on how we show up using the six pillars of intimacy as a framework. And we shift everything for their future. Yeah. And I was having lunch the other day with a a friend of mine and we happened to just sit down and, and we're having lunch and the conversation started out like, What's our background? What, mm-hmm. what 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 were our parents like? How did how did we learn from them? What did what did we learn from them mm. when it comes to this thing called marriage? Yeah, and it it was just an interesting conversation we had because neither he nor I really saw our parents be exemplary when it mm. came to certain aspects of their marriage or even how they shared it with us. It was, it was always behind closed doors maybe, sure. or they didn't really show us anything or even tell us things that were going on that allowed us as kids even, and, and I'm not saying, Hey, you're going to be dumping stuff on your four-year-old. Now let's, let's, let's always make sure we're doing age appropriate. But when your kids start getting into high school, let me tell you, even, even those later years of middle school, you sharing, you talking to them, you being there for them, letting them see inside what a marriage looks like, having an argument and being able to rectify that. Mm-hmm. 
to not hold on to unforgiveness or to continue the fight, you know, a week later. That shows them way more than you can tell them. And it was just interesting. He and I were just having these conversations. And even as adults now, like, hey, I was just even sharing with him. Hey, that's what your parents knew. What can you do now? Because he has two younger daughters. I'm like, what are you going to do? How are you going to use the six pillars of intimacy to continue to make your marriage extraordinary, but to show your children what they can then do when they get married? Absolutely. And, you know, I'll be honest. When when we had our firstborn, we had Alex. um, Gosh, It'll be 20 years ago this year, which is such a weird thing to say out loud. This December, he will be 20. Oh, yeah. We can see we conceived him in March, right? Would that uh, be March? February, March. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Random point of note there. <laughs> but yes, that's how that would have worked out. Um, but I'll tell you. I don't we, know where that came from. When we brought him home and even, you know, you know then we go on and we have Abby and, and these things are happening. Like I will tell you as as a young parent trying to figure this all out or a new parent, not necessarily young, that, you know, I had kind of like three main goals, like keep them alive. Absolutely. Right? Um, get them through school because yes. that was that was like this primary thing. Like, get them just graduate high school, graduate high school, graduate yeah. high school. And then make them into a de- decent human being that can function in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of the mindset. And I feel like that was the mindset that our parents had. Right. Like, you know, keep you alive, get you through school and, and make you into a decent human being. And what happened. And, and I'm realizing this now just in the conversations that we've had with our kids and actually hearing from a lot of you who have been around for quite a while and your kids have kind of grown up mm-hmm. with you understanding what it takes to make a marriage extraordinary is that our children have heard us talk about relationships. Like they have heard us talk about how to do relationships well and red flags that come up. We have talked about the importance of sexual intimacy in a marriage. We've talked about, you know, how to date well. We've talked about money. I mean, I remember, I have this very distinct memory of Abby when she was probably three or four. And she, I, she wanted to buy, she wanted us to buy something really big. I don't know if it was like buy a house or buy a car or something. And, and she knew enough about budgets and how we handled our monthly finances to say, well, can't you just make a line item in the budget next month, mom, and put it on there? She was that young? She was that young. Yeah. It was wow. like this huge moment. I'm I don't like, even oh, geez, that. we've been talking about money around this kid yeah. a lot. But you know, so that, that's been their vocabulary. And now as she's telling me about dating relationships, at the high school level, what I'm, what I'm realizing is that, you know, as we, as adults understand this framework, as we understand the individual pillars and how they all work together, we actually are privileged. And I will tell you, it is a privilege to teach your children, not just how to do math and, and how to, you know, make sure their essays get turned on time and, and how to, you know, load the dishwasher properly so that, you know, someday they will leave your house and load the dishwasher properly. Laundry is a good one, though. Laundry is a good one. Make sure they're doing their laundry well before they leave your home. I think our kids have both been doing their laundry since they were like freshmen. Well, actually, I started Alex when he was like in fourth grade because he kept telling me he couldn't find stuff. And I'm like, do your own laundry. Whatever. (laughs) But but to step into this place where you start teaching your kids how to do relationships well, how to understand that that it's not just, you know, the the butterflies and the the tingly feelings that you know make a great relationship and it's not just, you know, being able to, you know, talk about your feelings or go out on a date that makes a relationship, but it's all six pillars. You step into this new place where you can actually be, you know, changing the future of your children's lives as they become adults and step into this because you can get into a place is you start thinking about the framework of the six pillars where you can tell them and show them that it's okay to say what you want or need. And this is you guys. This is what, how are you guys showing up mm-hmm. in your marriage? 
And and we're not saying you got to be perfect. Oh, please. We're not. Like, believe me, we have our own issues here in the DiLorenzo household. And yet when you take each one of the pillars of intimacy, that's where things begin to shift. They begin to see, you know, you get to show that outward affection. Mm -hmm. How are you kissing? How are you hugging? How are you touching? How do they see that? How does it get played out in your home? Mm-hmm. Why sex and marriage is important. Yeah. Talk about it with them. We tell, we've told our kids from a young age that that sexual intimacy between a husband and wife, there's such a bond there that that's what you want to, that's what you want to have in your own mm-hmm. life. So giving it away early can take that from you. And, and again, Elisa and I had sex before marriage. So we know both sides. And we heard we 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 have a connect group that we lead here for our church for young adults. So we hear this stuff. We've gone through it, and it are it is our our desire mm-hmm. for those for our kids to understand what it means when they step into that area of their life. Absolutely, it's you know how to deal with a budget, right? And talk mm-hmm. about money. It's you know why is it important to date. Mm-hmm. after you get married. I mean, these are lessons that you can actually build around the six pillars of intimacy that you can teach your kids. You know, how does a, hus- how does a husband and wife pray together, right? Why is it so important to say, I'm sorry and express forgiveness? And I know some of you are th- sitting there going, okay, guys, like I hear you talking about all of this, but but this is like new stuff to me, right? This is, I hear what you're saying about these six pillars and we've read the book or, you know, we've talked about it and I've heard you guys talk about it on the show, but like, what does it actually look like to implement this? Mm. What does it look like for me to do this on a daily basis so the kids catch it? And it's so important that we get those questions answered and we're going to do that after this break. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. We're back and we're talking about how you can use the six pillars of intimacy as a tool in parenting your children. And, you know, one of the things that I've really been struck by over the last 12 years that we've been doing One Extraordinary Marriage, but specifically since the six pillars of intimacy has been released, is that I'm reminded time and time again that that principles are always true. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't, they aren't swayed by the wind. You can apply them to different situations. And the six pillars of intimacy are actual principles that you can apply, not just to the marriage relationship, but to any relationship that you have. And that's what makes them so powerful as a tool in your parenting. I'm going to just say this context is always key. Okay. So you, you, you look at the principles and you think of the context you're in Mm -hmm. when we're dealing with emotional intimacy. When Elisa and I are having arguments, if we're in discussion, we know that those stay with us. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go down to our kids. 
right? That we don't put the, the financial burdens of what we're going through on our kids' shoulders. That is between us. And so you always have to have context, mm -hmm. right? Like, hey, you want to use the six pillars of intimacy in a just, I'm going to just say even in a friendship type deal, when we're talking about physical intimacy, a fist bump, a handshake, maybe a quick hug. Cool. Like the cuddling, maybe naked cuddling is between Elisa and I. Only. Let, let's, let's always make sure we always put that in context. Mm -hmm. So let's actually go through the six pillars and just talk about them, you know, th the knowledge that you can pass on to your children. Yeah, let's do that. Right. So number one is always emotional intimacy. And I will tell you that it's much easier to express your feelings and your emotions as an adult if you learn to do so when you're younger. Don't freak out if you haven't learned how to do this yet. It's why we talk about the emotion wheel on so many shows just as a tool to help you do that. But getting into this place where your kids can actually share what's going on with them and you don't, you know, blow up at them or you don't freak out on them or things like that. Teaching them words for their emotions because you two are using words for your emotions and you're expressing self-control when it's warranted. I want to just say one thing about the emotion wheel. Yes. Key, a few weeks ago, I was looking at it, something came up, Abby pointed it out and she's like, dad, go look at the emotion wheel. You know what I mean? So I'm, and I'm looking at it and, and it's, it, it was totally cool because sometimes it makes me stop and laugh mm -hmm. and, and, and I need that. When I start getting a little stressed out, I, I become very myopic. Uh, things start closing in mm -hmm. and I, I'm very focused. And so her just saying that opens it up and I just got the wheel and I was like, oh yeah, here's the, the inner circle, the second circle, the third circle. I'm like, this is where I'm at. And by the time I got to that third circle, we were able to all just sort of smile and have a little bit of a laugh. Doesn't mean that it went away or anything of that nature, but it broke the tension mm -hmm. and I'm already seeing my daughter go, oh wow. So you better believe that when my kids have are, are engaged in everything, you better believe Elisa and I are gifting them these things. And they may be like, oh my gosh, I got those parents. Yeah, you yeah. got those parents. But you know what? I love you enough that I want to see you have an extraordinary marriage from the first day that you say, you know, yes mm -hmm. to I do, that we will be those parents who will give them an emotional, an emotion wheel. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. When it comes to your physical intimacy, we're wired for touch. I know some people like it more. Some people like it less. That's okay. What's important is that your kids see that demonstrated, right? Hug and kiss your kids, but more importantly, hug and kiss your spouse, right? Be physical with your spouse. And here's, I will tell you why this is so important because I can't tell you how many couples I have coached where they didn't actually see physical intimacy from mom and dad. They didn't see the handholding. They didn't see them cuddling up on the couch. They didn't see the random kisses in the kitchen. And now they're married and they're married to somebody that really desperately wants that. And they sit across from me and they're like, I, I don't even know what mm. that looks like. I, I don't know. I didn't see it. But you can change again. 100%. Every one of these pillars, there are skills that you can learn from mm -hmm. the pillar that you can make a change and a shift in your own marriage that then will impact others. I, I want to share one here just real quick yeah. that I've, I've been blessed to have over the years. Alex is a big kid, as many of you know. Um, you know, when he left for college, he was 6'2", 250-ish. He's slimmed down since he started working out. But over the years, and he's big. I'm 5'10", like 170. So um, Yes, in case you're wondering, Tony is the dad. It's yes, all good. We, he we is get that question a lot. Um, but we love 
football, college football. Yeah. And typically when he played Friday nights, you know, he'd be pretty wiped out come Saturday. So we'd sit on the couch and, and we'd watch football. That was my moment mm -hmm. because Alex and I would just sit on the couch together and I would just put my hand like on his knee. Mm -hmm. Really? It was just sort of like, cause we were just close on the couch and if he didn't like it, he'd just move away. But I will tell you those moments, even if it was brief, created that connection between he and I, that to this day, when we see each other, we'll give each other a big hug. Yep. If we're watching football, you know, when he comes back home and we're just sitting there, we do that. And, and I really believe it's going to be impactful for him as he begins to step into a relationship and gets married in the future. Well, and both our kids have always seen us kiss, even mm -hmm. if it's not like a long kiss, they've seen us kiss, you know, when we're leaving or when we come back. And so both of our kids will come up for some sort of affection when they enter the home. Mm -hmm. So it'll be like, Hey, I'm you know, mom I'm coming up and giving you a kiss. You know, Alex, usually when he comes home, will also give me a hug, uh, give me a hug first and then give me a kiss. And so it's that type of thing. Why do they do that? Because they saw it modeled. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where you step into that. When we talk about financial intimacy, Talk about money in, around your kids. Absolutely. Talk, I mean, there's a reason our four-year-old said, mom, just put it as a line item on the budget or, you know, whatever she exactly said when she was four, but it was definitely, that was the concept because she had heard us talk about it. Our kids have heard us talk about investments and retirement and estate plans. Let them know about that. Even as they, especially as they begin to get older, oh, this is all age appropriate, you, you know, just put it in age appropriate time. Like mm -hmm. you may just tell them, Hey, we, we have a, a monthly cash flow plan. That's how we know how much money comes in and how much money goes out. That's all they need to know. But as they start getting older and you start and you're doing your estate plan mm -hmm. and you're doing your wills and you're doing these different things, allow them to know yeah. because they need to understand when the time comes, when you do pass that these things are in play. Mm -hmm. It gives them security. It gives them an understanding that, Hey, Mom and dad are, are doing some things and, and we're going to have to do this when we get older as well. And we're going to have to be paying attention to this, but always, again, always age appropriate. I have a mother who's older, you know, my dad passed away. We knew about all these things mm -hmm. and it has helped tremendously, even for myself at the age I am now, 48 years old, that everything is in play and, and is planned out for my mom and what we need to do to take care of her as she does age. Well, and you know, like in terms of investments and just conversations that we've had, we told both of our kids that when you turn 18, we will start an investment account for you, mm -hmm. right? Nothing crazy. We're not giving our kids millions of dollars or anything like that. So don't freak out on us. But we, we started it and you know, because we wanted them to understand the value of money and compounding interest and these things from a young age, did our parents do this for us? No, no, no. But it's knowledge that we've developed over the years and we pass that on to build that for our children spiritual intimacy, right? What do your kids see in terms of the two of you going to church together in terms of the two of you praying together? Do they know what it looks like for you to sit down and do a devotional or read a Bible, right? Do they know what it looks like when the family serves together, right? Do they know those things? Because again, they're catching what you're doing and there may be times when they push back against it, but don't, don't give up on them. Mm-hmm. Continue to press into that, continue to demonstrate what that looks like because it will come back around, mm -hmm. right? It's not one of those things where you're just like, well, you know, they don't like this anymore, so I'm just going to wash my hands of it. You keep showing. You keep, you keep, you guys keep doing what you know you need to do to have the extraordinary marriage. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. Like in, in this area, you know, we, we've had ups and downs with both of our kids. Mm -hmm. 
And we continue to pray for them. We continue to, to, to believe that things are going to shift in their lives. And things are. Things are moving. And, and they have to, they're going through their own things, but they see mom and dad, you know, praying. They, they know we listen to worship music. They know we're going to church together. We, we have, when you're in the house, you know, we have a, hey, it, we want you to be attending church at least once a week. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. And so things have shifted as Alex has stepped out of the house. Doesn't mean he doesn't know that we don't go to church. I still tell him like, hey, he's we're like, going to church. He's, I'm like, yeah, man, we're, we're headed to church tomorrow. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, all right, cool. You know, have a good time. So we're still talking about it. Maybe they're not there where, with us right now. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. We're still going to, we're still going to model. We're still going to model how we are strengthening our spiritual intimacy. hundred percent. The next intimacy is your recreational intimacy. Married people go on dates after you get married, go on dates when you have children, right? Even if you're having, and I know over the last couple of shows over the last few months, we've been talking about like couples, you know, there's been hugs from couples that have done date night at home. Tell your kids you're doing date night at home because it's so important. Right? You don't have to go out on a date, but you have to tell them that you're dating mm-hmm. and stress that fun can happen without them. Because I will tell you, children will think you know, from a very young age that fun only happens with them. And they need to know that you are an entity separate from them, that you can have fun, that you can go out and that you do things and that you cultivate interest and you choose to spend time together. Mm-hmm. Why is this so important? Because when they grow up, You want your grandchildren to have really healthy parents who spend time together, who have fun together, who do things together. But the only way that's going to happen is if they know that you did it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, here's the thing too. When mom and dad have fun and go do things by themselves, you come home and you're better parents because you've lowered your stress levels. That's super, super important for those kids. Yeah. Even at the, the, at home dates. Those in themselves, you guys can do many a things. You can do dancing classes. You can do cooking classes. There, there's so many things you can do. And for those of you who have younger kids, I would highly recommend, we didn't have this, I would highly recommend Baby Wise. Get those kids to sleep. We have many of friends who are younger than us, who have younger kids. We show up at their home to have dinner and to hang out. It is such a blessing to see these kids go to bed at like seven o'clock and not have a peep. That wasn't us, man. We would be, we'd have screaming fights, tantrums till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. So I would highly recommend looking into baby wise, get your kids on a rhythm so that you guys can have those times, what you need in the evenings to, you know, go on a at home date, Mm -hmm. to pray together, possibly to just de-stress and do nothing and just hold hands and cuddle and, and enjoy yourselves. Our marriage would have been so different if our kids had gone to Like one extraordinary marriage might not exist. So I'm glad that we walked Absolutely. our own story, but that would have been so different. Finally, sexual intimacy. Look, I'm straight up going to tell you, you need to be your parent, your children's first resource mm-hmm. when it comes to talking about sex. You, you must be, I don't use that word very often, but You'd want to be talking to them. First of all, you know, start young. Just talk about proper anatomical words yeah, for their body parts. Call it penis right? and vagina. Like, Just start there. And if you want to get really, like, anatomically correct, it's vulva. But, yeah, that gets a little... Yeah, again. Yeah. Anyway, talk about those things. As they get older, talk about, you know, the context of sex within marriage. Right? Give them a framework. Let them know that the choices that they make before marriage will impact what their marriage looks like. Mm-hmm. Be honest with them. Our kids both know that we had sex outside of marriage, which is why we talk to them about the importance of sex within marriage. 
because we walked into our marriage with baggage. It doesn't diminish it for our children. It doesn't make them go, oh, I want to do, you know, I want to be just like mom and dad. No, because we give them both sides of the story, mm-hmm. right? Talk to them about what's going on in the relationships that they see around them. You'll learn a lot about what's going on, the state of sex in, you know, middle school and high school. If you cultivate that at an early age that your children can talk to you. I will tell you this. If you are not talking to your kids about sex, sexual intimacy, all of everything that's encompassed there, foreplay, initiate, all of those types of things, they're getting the information. Oh, believe me. They're, they're getting it somewhere. So you be, you be the source. And it is truly why Elisa and I look at One Extraordinary Marriage more than just your marriage. It's a, it's a legacy we get to leave. And if we can encourage you and give you the, the ability to speak into not just your own lives, into your own marriage and others, but your kids as well and your children's children, what could, what could the legacy of your name be? Mm, wow. And, and so think about that around your sexual intimacy. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you're, you're learning how to use the six pillars of intimacy as a framework in your marriage. As you do that, you will pass it on to your children. Mm-hmm. It will be something that will strengthen their relationship. So don't shy away from, from developing your knowledge. Don't shy away from trying new things and saying, okay, what can we do here? What can I do in this instant? And don't be afraid to speak those things out loud so that your children catch what you're learning and the generational changes that you're making to what marriage looks like in your family line. Yeah, that's so good. You guys, the six pillars of intimacy can be used for your marriage. And as we shared with you here, as well as, as parenting your children. Mm. So go get it. Make sure you've read the six pillars of intimacy. First and foremost, go grab it today. You can go to the six or you can go to six pillars of intimacy.com. You'll go, you'll go right on over, grab the book, read it, dive into it, start using it in your own marriage. And then as you're using it in your own marriage, Start to use it and see how it impacts your kids and others in your community. So go out there this week, enjoy, take some of these, take one of them, take one of the pillars, start strengthening it and start talking about it with your children. See what happens. See how they react. You don't need to get crazy on them, but just maybe this week it's the week to hug your spouse and then make sure you give your kid a hug as well. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.